Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Monday. Happy Monday, indeed. I, uh, wow, look at all the people floating in today. Everybody's uh, just hopping right on it today on, Monday, on a Monday morning. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. I'm like, I'm liking the direction that uh, 2022 is going. And that says, Happy Monday. Cold snap is finally breaking. Is it? Yes, for our fellow Albertans. <laughs> it's been a long one. We have a glorious week ahead of us. It's been a long, yeah, since before Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it is Mastermind Week. <laughs> Mastermind Week. <laughs> Which is a big thing in our house because Gabby puts all of her um, women's real estate investing masterminds in the same week. So it's all weekday, pretty much weekday evenings. Which is kind of I think like- I'm capped out. I have four this week. So I think the next group will be on the opposite week it really messes up like our evenings (laughs) you know like when we're trying to like plan dinners and stuff like that or like if i got any meetings or any anything that i need to do um booking my own coaching calls it's always just really complicated because the kids swap and who's gonna put her to bed and yeah yeah. that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah so it's uh, yeah every it's it's nice that it's on one week that i i I just know okay that's that 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 week What's that? That's the week. That's the week. I just have to every other week be conscious of my evenings. <laughs> yeah, I'm booking anything. Um, special guest this week. Yes, we haven't had any guests in a little while, and yeah. I don't know if it's on purpose or not. I don't think it's on purpose. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we we are going to be booking more guests here in the near future. That was a big plan for uh, 2022. Um, but uh, Barry McGuire is coming on on Friday. Whoop whoop! Yeah. <laughs> hey, clap clap, uh, clap 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 clap. Sorry, I'm trying to do my own sound effects because I don't have control. Do you, Do you want your own sound effects? <laughs> or are you going to just do your police uh, academy impression? <laughs> um, yeah, Barry's going to be coming on on Friday. We're going to be talking about. I'm fairly certain that we're going to be talking about uh, real estate closings. So, what does that mean? Um. The basics of, of, of real estate closings, um, what happens when you buy a property and you have an accepted offer and you remove conditions and it gets passed off to the lawyer? Like oh. what, are they, what are they working on? Okay. And what, what do you need to work on? Yeah. Uh, what is there still diligence that needs to be done? Whether that be, you know, a single family or a condominium um, or a commercial. Nah, let's just stay away from commercial. It's too complicated. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, what, what things do you need to get in order? You know, is, is your financing all lined up? You know, what, what things do, does the lawyer need from you? That kind of stuff. So kind of the process. Yeah, yeah. Um, because from time to time, you know, I have I have different types of conversations and different level, levels of conversations uh, with investors through coaching calls. And um, some, sometimes I just assume that everyone's spent four years of... of Closing deep, deals? No. <laughs> I wish you would stop <laughs> Lately, okay. Gabby's been answering. I've been finishing my his sandwiches. Yeah, she's been answering my sentences incorrectly. Incorrectly for the last six months. Now, no, I don't crazy. know what's going on. Whether we're just growing apart um, in this marriage, uh, we've been together for, jeez, uh, thirteen years now. And yeah, you used to be able to answer. You used to know what I was always going to say, but lately, for the last six months, I've been. I keep reminding her. That like she tries to answer, finish my sentences, but she's like, been wrong. Stop. Like she's been, she's on been on a wrong streak, a losing streak for six months. <laughs> and when I'm on a when I'm on a point, or whether I'm talking at home with her about business, or I'm on the podcast, and she just I'm talking, and then she's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah, this," and I'm like, "No," and she completely throws me off track. Okay, so you sometimes assume that people just for the past four years have been oh yeah, just like doing it real estate yeah i don't i don't i don't remember oh kathleen says at this point she's doing it on purpose yeah. oh 100 
this is this is her version of 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 loading the dishwasher incorrectly she's doing it on purpose and she finds it hilarious i don't find it funny at all um i just assume that people have deep dive deep dove deep divin deep dived <laughs> into um into real estate you know podcasts and books and stuff like that for years and they just know all about those types of things and as gabby mentioned they've they've done real estate closings but it's not always the case um i'll have calls with people and, and I, I just like oh yeah you just do this and and i could just get a hint that like you know oh they don't understand that so we have to make sure that we're covering things like this um there are the, the process mm-hmm. and even if you've done one two three real estate closings um doesn't mean you you understand everything yeah. and we've learned so many things yeah from different closings um so barry's could come on and talk about those types of things how to prepare how to make sure that you've got your all your ducks in a row mm-hmm. um how to how to keep your legal costs down we did hit him and i didn't talk about that but i'm gonna ask him about that yeah. Because sometimes the extra amount of time that, you know, your lawyer has to spend, it might not be a standard flat rate, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you're just buying, you know, your own personal home and, you know, they're going to check RPR and they're going to pull title and they're going to meet with you, you know, those types of, and, and, you know, prepare the mortgage documents, that's simple stuff. But if you start overcomplicating things and they got to spend more hours on it, you know, their hourly rate is not. Well, it can, it can double. We've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Depending how complicated some of our creative <clears throat> stuff got, it can double your closing costs. <laughs> well, you know, with with part of our business, some of our real estate closings are like the the fees like between four and five grand. Yeah. Because of the extra amount of hours that are involved in it and the back yeah. and forth between the other lawyer. So um not to say that, you know, you're ever gonna hit a bill like that, but um just yeah, I that'll be a cool it, conversation. I think it's going to be really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Josh says, so many hearts flowing. Look at all the love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we are we are streaming live on Podbean. Uh, every morning, Monday to Friday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time, we, we stream live. Uh, for those of you that listen to the recorded version, um, you need to get on the live. Yes. Way, way more valuable. Way more fun. It's a great community. Good yeah. accountability. And you have the access to click the call-in button. And call in with your questions and ask questions um, like, you know, how do I properly prepare for, you know, this real estate closing or what should I know to ensure that I'm not being charged? And how, how do I choose a real estate lawyer, you know, for my investment um, properties, those types of any any questions at all? Yeah, um, can... We encourage you to call in live. It makes and, and I've said this a million times, it makes things so much easier for us. Um, I've got a very long list of diff- different real estate you know, investing topics that we can talk about. But what we want is we want to talk about what you're working on, right? Um, and, and Robin says, yes, yeah, sounds like a great topic on Friday. Keeping legal costs down is always a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yep. So if you're interested in uh, in joining us live, uh, just head over to Podbean, download the app and uh, look up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Definitely. And also, um, as you can see, we're reading out messages so you can chat live yeah. with the other guests with us. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. So what Josh is talking about, the hearts, um, the heart hearts are the currency um, on the Podbean app. So you can you can toss a like, um, toss a coin um, every as uh, a witcher reference you're not gabby just looks up and she's not going to get it uh, for all you uh, witcher fans. <laughs> um you can hit the like button, the heart, every 300 or so seconds, and it gives you a ranking, a top fan ranking. Yeah, so there's an accumulation of, of hearts. Um, you know, you, you can you can accumulate hearts by, you know, clicking it every, what did you say? I think it's like 300 seconds. Every six minutes or so, uh, five minutes or so. And um, as well, you can share it to Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and whatever, all your social media platforms as well. By calling in, it increases your uh, your hearts as well. And what we do is at the end of the month, um, the top fan, whoever's accumulated the most hearts, uh, gets to win a big prize. And last month, uh, Robbie DeVries uh, won a free month of mentorship. Yeah. So he's got Valued two. at 675 bucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he's um, got two free... Uh, mentor calls, coaching calls, as well, unlimited text and email access to uh, to myself, and uh, all access to all of our contracts and documents and stuff, and and um, yeah, 
I, I had a call with him on the weekend. I don't know if Robbie's here or not. I haven't seen him. Oh, yeah, he's here. Um, I had a call with him on the weekend, and uh, yeah, it's it was it was a pretty exciting call. Um, awesome. Yeah, we. It's it, it it's it's fun to kind of open up the possibilities and open up the doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. To to what's possible, and then the creativity starts flowing. You know, with him, and the creativity starts flowing with me because I start hearing about what he's excited about. I start talking what I'm excited about, and then just you know, the ideas just really start flowing, um, which is you know, which is what happens at the cabinet retreat a lot too, right? Absolutely. Um, as soon as we get to the cabinet retreat, people just start talking about what they want for their life, and I get super excited about it, and I start you know sharing about ideas that can you know how that how can make work it happen. and yeah. how how you can make it happen, and then the possibility and the the realization starts happening with the other, you know, attendees and they start getting excited and they're like, Oh, we yeah. can do this and we can do this. And I, I love that. So, um, yeah, we had a really cool call on the weekend. Uh, I could tell that Robbie's getting really excited. Um, <laughs> yeah. Robbie says the type of conversation you want to be having. Absolutely. So yeah, if you're interested in, in winning a free month of uh, mentorship, um, you know, join in live and, you know, ask your questions and then get involved and, and uh, type your comments in there and questions. And yeah, it's, it's a pretty, I, I, I like that we set this up this way. Yeah, for sure. It's um, awesome. Yeah, rather than just doing a recorded podcast like everyone else. Oh, that would be so dull. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we do have a question. We in do. The chat. Do you mind if I talk about upcoming events real fast? Sure. And then we'll get into hey, the Mike, questions. we're going to get, uh, we're going to get to your question. That's a great question. So yeah. Hang tight. I saw, I saw it, Mike. Um, and, and maybe you can, if you want, you know, text in a little more information, give us a little more context um you know where you are and 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 the details of of the hearing and uh and if you want you can call in as well and give us more details but let's talk about upcoming events obviously we talked about um gabby's real estate uh, women's real estate investing mastermind um you got a new one starting starting on wednesday yeah so i had um i had one of our mastermind meetings on saturday morning and then yeah i got monday wednesday thursday this week so nice. yeah that new group Group is starting on Wednesday. I'm super excited nice. for our welcome meeting. And you're working on building a new one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah so if you are calls. a woman, sorry, yeah. dudes, uh, and you want to join a women's real estate investing mastermind run by Gabby, um, which is yours truly, is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, reach out to Gabby or, or send us an email at info at reimorningshow.com. Uh, as well, this weekend we got our our, our meetup in Edmonton. Um, we have a meetup oh, yeah. at open house at our, uh, our newest townhouse flip. Um, so that's coming up on Sunday mm -hmm. and the following weekend. So we got a busy month. Um, the following weekend we have our real estate investing cabin retreat, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, that one's all sold out. It's going to be really, really, really good. Um, got some really young, ambitious investors coming to this one. And I uh, got some really great guest speakers. Um, it's going to be a full weekend of, you know, as I mentioned, you know, my conversation with Robbie and just just creativity and, you know, flowing and, and, and talking about, you know, how to get, how to use real estate investing to, to, to get whatever it is that you want. Yeah. Um, so we do a full weekend of like just, just nonstop talking and, and planning and, and brainstorming and masterminding. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun out of the cabin in uh, Alberta Beach. So that's coming up as well. Um, okay, so I'm just seeing the information coming in from Mike here. Mike, who, by the way, do you? Know yeah, who are you, Mike? I guess, yeah, you don't have to share your last name if you don't want to. If you want to <laughs> remain incognito, that's fine. I was trying to get an idea of which Mike it is. So he's getting the kids ready for school, so he can't call in. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Do you want to read the information? Yeah, for sure. So um, he's in Edmonton, or the property okay. is at least. Uh, the tenant is two months behind on rent. Uh, the RTDRS is doing a group call. What happens if they don't answer the call? Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So there's, um, yeah. So you also asked, like, do you have any advice and that sort of thing as well, which is great because we have, we've been to the RTDRS uh, several times, unfortunately, but fortunately, because we've won them all. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we happen to, we have to happen to understand the RTA, the Residential yeah. Tenancy Act, really well. And we happen to, and we've been in person as well as done them uh, via teleconference as well. So, yeah. Um, I think that we probably do have some good advice to give you. Um, <laughs> instantly, I wanted to ask five more questions uh, because. <laughs> <clears throat> but to answer your question very simply, and if you want to give more information, feel, please feel free. Uh, I'm curious if 
the only little question I have is, are they still there? Um, that will, uh, are they still? Well, he, no, he said it's for eviction. So yes. Oh, it's for Sounds, eviction. Yeah. Okay. So you file for eviction. Yeah. What happens if they don't answer the call? But to be honest, it's actually in your, it's, it's one of the best case scenarios. Um, because they can't if, defend themselves. If they do not show up to the hearing, then, so what you're doing is, is you're making a claim, um, for un, you're making a claim to, for eviction. You are requesting eviction based on them defaulting on their lease agreement. Uh, you're also making a claim for unpaid rent. <clears throat> so you're saying I'd like to end the lease and I'd also like to get a collect. Yeah. I, I'd like to get a judgment for an eviction. Um, and I'd also like to get a judgment to collect the rent that is owed. Um, and you provide all your evidence and then you serve them the, the date for the hearing. If they don't show up to the hearing, then they're not there to defend themselves. So the mediator at the, that the hearing is going to say, you know, you claim this, hello, opposing party defendant. How do you claim or how, how do, do you, you respond? How do you respond? And they don't respond. Then they lose. That's essentially it. So they're going to the, ask. The adjudicator will still look at everything, which they usually briefly go through before the call, minutes yeah. before the call, they read through it. But it's not like they're just like, oh, okay, they're not here to defend themselves. Sure, you can have whatever you want. No, they still go through it. They still chalk it through with you and stuff to make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, they're still being fair and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But essentially, yeah, the other party isn't there to say, well, this is why and this is what happened. And the landlord did all these illegal things and woe is me. They're not there to do all of that. So it's pretty straightforward. As long as you've followed the laws, you've served them properly, you've provided all of the proper evidence, and there's nothing to be disputed, then yeah, you're going to have things go your way. Yes, yes. Um, that is the only other thing is to, is they're going to want to make sure that you properly serve served them. them. Yeah. Um, otherwise, if they don't feel that you properly served them, then they will delay the call to yeah. another date. Yeah, they'll reschedule and make you go and redo. Yeah. Yeah. So um, make sure that you've, well, it's a little too late now if you're hearing us today. Yeah. <laughs> um, but make sure that you've reviewed the the documents on how to properly serve someone um, yeah. to make sure. And then you provide any evidence of that um, if you feel like they're not going to show up. Um, but even if they do, uh, yeah. So let's talk about if they do show up yeah. because there are tips on, yeah. So you, your initial question was any, any tips on, uh, well, I forget exactly what you said, but, um, I have an RTDRS hearing today, any tips. And so, yeah, if they do show up, um, so long, like I said previously, it's so important that you have done everything properly as a landlord. I can't just assume that you're a sophisticated landlord who follows all of the things that you're supposed to do as a landlord mm -hmm. and have done everything properly. Because even some people who are doing this professionally don't fully understand the act and don't do everything as they should. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that you have and that you have done everything properly. Because we think you're a good because guy. Because we think you're a good guy, Mike. We don't know your last name, but we can just assume that... <laughs> You got your ducks in a row. Yeah. So you filed everything properly. You've gotten great evidence um, against them. And um, and you're showing up today fully equipped to uh, defend your case. And so the, the biggest tip that we can give anybody heading into an RTDRS hearing is... Sorry, and for uh, for those of you not in Alberta, that's the Residential Tenancy Dispute Resolution Service. I think I got that right. Nailed it. Um, so they're adjudicating between the the two parties. Mediating. Mediating. Sorry, the adjudicator is mediating. Um, show up there, cool, calm, and collect. If the tenant starts going, well, they did this, and they're spewing bullshit. Cool. Calm, collect. Do Whether not you're respond. In or on the phone, Whether you're in person or on the phone, just sit. stay cool, sit and wait until you're asked a question. Don't interrupt. Don't anything. They will, they'll say, okay, so you are claiming. Even if this. they're lying. Yeah, if they're lying, doesn't matter. Wait and spoke when spoken to calmly. Oh, wow. See, Gabby, like, sorry, I, you're on a roll, but you love to make fun of me when I misspeak in the morning at six o'clock in the morning. But you just speak when spoken to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks putting your words together. Yeah, at uh, this early in the yeah. morning. Like sometimes <laughs> you slip up, so I had to. I'm sorry. Thank you. 
um, speak, spoke when speaking to sp- <laughs> whatever just don't don't talk unless somebody talk, tells you to yes <laughs> um because they're gonna say hey you're claiming this this and this and oh shit delay the hearing mike well it's gonna get delayed anyways no okay, he's good have, uh is it though okay yeah you, you finish talking what you're talking about and then we'll talk about we'll talk about it you keep talking yeah. Spoke, okay. spoken speaking to no yeah mike you're totally good i just read your last message there but we'll get to that um yeah but what they do is they say okay you're claiming this this and this and then like wayne said they said oh they say okay tenant um how do you respond to that and then they start saying oh well they're they did this and this and they're they're just spewing lies and trying to defend themselves and get out of it or or they say no i disagree um here is all the evidence to i know i'm trying i'm trying to paint a picture of how not to get all riled up sure okay so they're they're saying shit and lying and try to make you look bad yeah that's normally that's normally when shit goes bad for the landlord because they get defensive they try to cut in and the adjudicators don't have any like zero if if you're talking out of turn and you're getting all fired up they just basically shut you down Mm -hmm. and that's when shit starts not going your way um so then they'll come back to you and say okay landlord how do you respond to that is this true or and they'll give you a chance to talk and that's when you calmly say well actually there's that that's all lies they've provided no evidence towards that um that's because there isn't any and um i'm just here is all the evidence proving so Right. Yeah. So yeah, the the main thing really is if you've done everything that you're supposed to do and you've provided all the evidence, just stay calm and stick to the facts. Yeah. The f- Wayne Wayne loves this. The facts are the facts, and the act is the act. That's I it. That one. <laughs> That's it. So that is the main tip heading into an RGDRS hearing. Honestly. Yeah. And and like uh, just refer back to your evidence if you've like. I don't know. I might go overboard, but when I'm preparing an RTDRS hearing, like I have um, sticky notes on sections and where to refer to for different points and that sort of thing. So oh, we don't lose. Yeah, we don't lose. Um, um, yeah. I want to go a little further into the process after, um, but uh, Mike had made a comment, said probably the only thing I didn't do was serve eviction in person, all done by email or text, but have all the responses. Yeah. So so the fact that you have responses is is great because be they've acknowledged. Yeah, it'll yes. be satisfactory. But you have to okay, so it might be a little too late now, but you have to send that evidence in at least 24 or 48 hours before. And then serve them that evidence 24 to 48 hours before. So anytime you have evidence, it has to be uploaded into the website um or 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 delivered in person down to the rtdrs and then once you have um, submitted that evidence you need to serve that evidence to the tenant just like your original hearing um um, service um to, to give them the date and all the evidence in the package any new evidence you you add in there it needs to be provided now will wayne this is on the sir on serving them they've they've already stated that they've done everything properly and had responses (sighs) the only time that comes into effect is if the um if if it gets questioned and then they can they can show it at that time because you don't need to yeah because you don't need to serve um proof on how you served it's just like how you don't well, send a picture my... in and serve them about the picture that you took of you serving them okay so the rules have changed a little bit since since COVID started two years ago and, it, and it's been a yeah. little while but um what does what is, are the current rules for service how what is a proper way to serve someone because it has always been either in person or on the door yeah. So in person is 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 first and foremost. Uh, like you have to do that first. If you try to serve them in person and they do not, you cannot. Or you try knocking on the door and they do not answer. You can't just post on the door at that point. You have to go back at a different day at a different time of day to try again. Yeah, I think it's three attempts. I think it's three attempts. Yeah, yeah. it's been a little while. Either two that, or three. This is pre-COVID. We're talking. Well, this is the rules and they have changed the rules slightly because of contact and mm-hmm. they wanted to eliminate contact. That's why they put it on the phone as well. So you have to try that and then you are allowed to post on the door. So you have to read the rules of what it, you know the document says for proper ways of service. Um, now they've changed that slightly and then so they, so they started allowing email if you have communication through email. If you have not necessarily proof that you guys have talked in the email before because but 
proof that someone has responded to that email. Mm -hmm. So if this is why I mean, this is what I'm saying. What is that, that's uh, how to serve uh, document say right now, what are the requirements for service? Because if it's, if it doesn't say email, but they're accepting email, if you have a line of communication, then you are going to need to show some sort of proof because when the person doesn't show up, so what's going to happen is, is at whatever 10 o'clock, whenever you're hearing is, they're going to call you first, right? And you're going to answer, make sure you got your ringer on because if you miss that call, you're screwed. Um, they're going to call you first, <laughs> you answer and they're like, okay, hello, is this Mike? Uh, and you're going to say yes. And he's like, okay, I'm going to call the, uh, the, the, the tenant in now and then bring, 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 bring. And it doesn't answer. He will try one more time. Bring, 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 doesn't answer. And he's going to say, okay, well, he's not showed up. And, and this happens a lot where people say that they serve them and they don't. Um, they're going to ask, did you serve them properly? And you're going to be like, yes, I served them by email. And he's going to be like, um, okay, all right. Well, do you have any proof of that? Because he's not just going to go and do the hearing without the tenant if they weren't properly served. Because once that that once they give that judgment, it's done. You know what I mean? There's And then the tenant's going to be crying because they weren't notified properly. So it's discretionary at that point. That's why I say like, I'd like to, I, I think that, you know, I'm curious, has anyone else done an eviction in the last 12 months? What are the rules? What does, what are the requirements for service and, and is email sufficient and do you have to show proof? Um, because what I don't, I don't want to see this, you know, just being assuming, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and sorry, this isn't me arguing with my wife or arguing with you, Gab, but, uh, it's just more so, which always making sure that, you know, you know, I think, or, you know, someone told me is never a good enough, like is never good enough. You have to go and actually find yeah, out what, what the rules are. Um, because worst case scenario, what he's going to, the, the mediator adjudicator is going to say is that, well, let's, let's give them another opportunity. Let's, you know, delay, um, this, I'd like to see you serve it to them in person rather than just going on. Cause that's the other thing they're going to ask is, did you try serving it to them in person? No, I just sent them to them by email. Mm, you know, from from yeah. So look at it from I, the other side. If yes. if this were if this were a tenant that weren't a piece of whatever, or you know, wasn't be, I don't know if they're bad tenants or not. Um, but if I were a tenant and I had a dispute, let's not let's not use rent as an example, just a, a dispute about something else, um, and someone just automatically sent it to my email, I'd say like, well, why didn't you serve it in person? That's the first thing you're supposed to do. And if someone says, well, I'm scared about COVID, then, then they say, okay, cool. Then serve it on the doors at the very least that they're going to see it when they walk in. Why would you write to email? Because you're avoiding the the confrontation. You're avoiding, you know, the in-person thing, um, which, you know, there are there are rules. You're supposed to serve it in person, right? Or, or hire someone to serve it in person. Yeah, but um, I know that when they introduced the email um, option for service, um, like there was no questioning it. We weren't supposed to be in contact with other people. And... This was at the very beginning when when stuff was up in the air yeah. and toilet paper. There was no toilet paper in the stores at this point. I know, but look where we're at today. <laughs> A garage Anyways. full of toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. Anyways, I'm, I'm pretty confident um, that things are I... still the same right now based on just where we are in the pandemic. Also, I just want to um, I want to give you two examples of um, service and email. So, because we have over, I mean, we've been in the pandemic for you know a couple of years now, so we have done a couple of hearings throughout the pandemic. Uh, I can think of two examples of service by email, and first was um, us serving a tenant for eviction for unpaid rent, and served by email. But we had served them early enough that there had been some, uh, like an, another month had passed over before our hearing was set up. And so I had to submit further evidence on that um, another month yes. was due and that sort of thing. So while I was submitting further evidence, I also at that point submitted that they had responded to the, yes. to the hearing. So... In that case, I did submit the evidence that they were served upon email, that they had responded, they were aware and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not 100% sure on whether or not you need to submit that or not. So that's something to look into. Yeah. Now, another example, though, and maybe this is just circumstantial. Maybe it was a shitty adjudicator. I don't know. But 
Another example is um, we had talked previously about a a rent-to-own tenant that uh, went bad and how it ended up in provincial court and then that's back to the RTDRS and that sort of thing. And so she had filed against us because she's been trying to defend herself for her shitty life choices and actions. And she served us by email. She did not serve us a, a a package against us. All she sent us was a notice of hearing. She didn't send us the actual um, package or anything. So she did not serve us properly. She sent an email that said, you have a hearing on such and such date at such and such time. And we were like, what is this? Like, for what? We have no idea. You did not send us a package. We can't defend ourselves. Like, we don't, like, this is not proper service. Yeah. Um, We didn't respond to that email. I I called the RGDRS and I found out and I said, is this proper way of service? this proper service and they said nope and the woman's like i'll just be completely honest with you no she's like i wouldn't even show up to the hearing i'm like seriously she's like yeah don't show up to the hearing yeah like you weren't served properly but i'm like okay that's cool but like the you you never know know what's going to happen on the other end they're going to show up to the call and what like she might say that she served it in person and i'm going to lose the judgment she's like yeah i guess so but just like um you can also she she said you know what show up to the hearing and say hey this is how i was served and push the date back farther, it's like if you want to. Like she was really chill about it. Yeah. Um, and so we talked about: Do we show up? Do we don't show up? Like we have no way of defending the case. So if we show up, are we going to be in a hard spot and that sort of thing? Yeah, because we didn't so, get any evidence. Yeah, we don't know what she's claiming. We don't and have to so, go too far down this. No, but case. what I want to say is that um, something unfortunate happened, and that was that <clears throat> Wayne picked up the call, and the call dropped, and the adjudicator did not call Wayne back. He didn't oh, do a yeah. second call. <clears throat> yeah, I lost so, that. I lost that one. But wait, you didn't you didn't technically lose it. So well, they sent So me... they accepted her service because her, she on the other end of the line, so she clearly didn't submit any evidence uh, that she served it properly because she didn't. So how could she have proven that she did? Um, but they accepted whatever she said. She said, "Yep, I served them by email and they accepted it without any evidence." But because of the rent to own factor in the case, they actually just threw it out and said, I'm not, I'm not um, putting a judgment on this. I'm sending this to provincial court. Yeah, we got lucky on that one. So that nothing was done against us. They just threw it out and put it through to provincial court. Oh, I com- so I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Part. So there's an example of, of not being served properly stating, yep, serve them by email. Okay, great. And, and that was that. Yeah, I got an email right? a couple hours later saying that, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the hearing went on without me. Yeah, um, yeah, that was really weird. The, I got a couple of questions here. We're gonna get to, but yeah, the when when I answered the call, the the call dropped. Um, it just disconnected, and I tried calling back, but no one would answer, and and they didn't try calling again. It just they just went on with the hearing. That was oh, that pissed me off so much. That was the same day that I I had um, I think we were utilities or something were getting set up or I needed to be at that property. Yeah. Um, and that, and, uh, and there was someone in the backyard trying to snooping there, someone in the neighbor's backyard and they went into the garage and they were stealing shit. And I went out and just like started yelling at them. And then they started like, uh, coming up to the door and banging on the door. I had to call the police and yeah, they ran away with like a, a 10 foot ladder. it was was a pretty messed up day so all of this was happening this guy was like um he was breaking in the garage and he was trying to steal a giant ladder which is hilarious it was very cartoon like to watch him running with a ladder um and then uh he started like losing his shit and banging on the door and uh police were being called and then like bring bring and i answered the phone like while all this is happening because i had my i was i was trying to you know do the hearing while i was you know waiting for the utilities to be set up and uh, at this rental property, and then it got disconnected, and it was just like the worst fucking morning. I'm like <laughs> just dealing with all that stuff, and then like you know, I'm frantically trying to call back the RTDRS, and the police ring, you know, ring the doorbell, and I'm like, I'm trying, I'm, I got, I'm, I'm in the middle of a hearing with a tenant, and there's this guy, he's at the back door, and he's banging up, trying to break into the house, and he's like, where is he now? And I'm like, he just ran down the street with a ladder. It's a crazy morning. Yeah. Um, Another example of things they don't talk about in real estate investing <laughs> um, webinars. <laughs> water meter is being installed. Water that. meter was being installed. Yeah. That's right. That's right. One of our new belts. Yeah. Um, I see Obi, uh, Obina, 
uh, here. And I know that he reached out to me recently with a question. He said he's going to come in today and, uh, and ask his question as well. So I, I see you there, buddy. Um, I, and I see your comments. So it, it, once, once we're done with this conversation, definitely, or just type it in the comments, what, uh, what your questions were. He had some questions about investing. Um, he said for professional tenants, in-person service is always better. Some of these tenants understand the RTA more than landlords. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, they know how to get around certain things and yeah. Yes. And, and Wilson said a little bit earlier, if they responded to your email service, um, and have a history of communication via email, it should be fine. Yes, it should be fine. Um, they're accepting, you know, uh, they're using their own discretion to determine whether service was properly uh, completed. It's always also a good idea to have one of those, um, deliver stamp programs, um, or widgets, whatever you call them, put that on your email so that it says, um, that it'll tell you that it's been delivered and that it's been opened. Oh, 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 gotcha. 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 Yeah. Uh, Jeremy asks, how long does it typically take to get an RTDRS hearing? Again, for those of you that are joining in, uh, we're talking about Alberta, Alberta um, uh, residential tenancy act, um, and the Alberta hearings. Um, he says, my tenants are supposed to be out at the end of March. And I'm curious if filing for a hearing today could help protect me if they don't pay rent again in February. You hold on. So, um, Mike, can you maybe type in the comments how long it took you to get your hearing scheduled? Because it changes. Like, we we could tell you the last time we did was, like, four weeks, and currently it might be eight weeks. Like Currently it's six weeks. Do you know that for sure? I've seen through different landlord groups that people have been filing, and they're getting six weeks out. Um, Okay, so Mike filed December 23rd, and his hearing is today. So that's not six weeks. That's, like, three weeks. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it depends. depends like, there, yeah, and there. you might get lucky, and there might have been a cancellation or whatever. So, yes. Now, the second part of your question or statement: My tenants are supposed to be out at the end of March, and I'm curious if filing for hearing today could help me protect me if they don't pay rent again in February. Uh, it's a great question. Now, when you file for a hearing, though, you need to be making a claim, and if you don't have a claim to make. Like when you file it, they're going to ask, why are you filing for a hearing? And you could say unpaid rent. You could say eviction. You could say um, any, any defaults, any any default of the lease agreements um, or expenses that you're going after them for, for damages or anything along those lines. So if you don't have anything, if you don't have a claim to make, mm-hmm. then you can't file a hearing. But you said again, if they don't pay rent again in February. Oh, I thought he was just going to like file it today. So that he could just be proactive. Yes. So Jeremy, have they um, have they paid up for January now, or are they still unpaid? Like where where is that at? Because file it on the second. It's yeah. Don't don't um, don't get too stressed out about it. You know what I mean? If it's even if it takes eight weeks, just they're behind on rent and they don't pay in February, which is a sorry. The last month's rent is it, is it ending at the end of February? end of March. Okay. Um, yeah. It's... If they haven't paid for January yet, then I'd say, yes, there's no harm in, in filing, um, at least to for collect unpaid, unpaid rent, maybe not, not necessarily for eviction because yeah. you might want to ride that out. Um, since their lease is coming up to the end anyways. Um, but if you file for unpaid rent and then your hearing isn't until whatever sometime in February, then if they don't pay in February again, you can add that in to the claim. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, it's just totally how you, I mean, like, like you've heard us talk about in the past, we're always very strategic on how we handle all the different types of situations to get the outcome that we want. Yeah. Uh, funny side story. Um, a bunch of people asked us recently for a 14 day eviction notice and, um, (coughs) we opened, I I sent it off without even thinking and just like, okay, here's my file. And, uh, and Gab, Gabby opened it up and she's like, oh, Oh yeah, and, and we realized I don't think we've ever used it. Yeah, I was like, this isn't a proper document. Like, this is how is this even formatted? What is this? Because <laughs> we never used it. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got the proper document and saved it into our files. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> we don't. Uh, awesome. And, yeah. and and to those of you that I sent it to, sorry. Uh, well, it's it's it'll work. As, well, or you can ask us for a better version. <laughs> yeah, it just it didn't look pretty. But you know, uh, we've we we don't we've rarely ever served an eviction notice. We've rarely ever filed for an eviction. Yeah. Um, again, strategy. 
um, I don't like evictions unless I absolutely have to. I would much rather um, the tenant be on the hook for what they owe rather than trying to get them out. Unless, unless it's a serious circumstance where I need to get them out. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got enough money in the reserve to ride that thing out and collect from them. Um, they owe me money. I'm going to get all the money. So we can talk about that another day about strategy for that. Yeah. And so, uh, Jeremy says they have not paid full amount for January and have now missed their repayment period. In that case, yes, I would file for eviction. Oh, not eviction. Or not uh, unpaid rent, sorry. Okay, so file a hearing, but don't file for eviction. File a hearing um, for unpaid rent. Well, I don't know, Wayne. I think at this point, if they've missed their repayment plan, then they're probably going to be dealing with this and that it's going to probably end in eviction if they miss whatever repayment plan the adjudicator gives them. I'd say since you're getting close to the end of the lease, it might be better to just cut your losses and and mm-hmm. file for the repayment uh, or the unpaid rent and eviction. Oh, Again, yeah, this is point. just totally circumstantial to you and and what's easiest for you but it sounds like if they've missed rent they've missed their repayment period like this is this isn't going to fix itself so that i would take a i don't know as you can see wayne and i would take different approaches i don't know Um, any more info yeah it's it's i i do not like evicting people yeah um yeah without knowing the full story i guess i shouldn't be making um but at least you got a, a little more um, yeah. perspective now, and hopefully that helps. Um, just... Either way, file. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Jeremy, if they have, if they've also been late on rent in the past, and this shows a history of uh, missed rent then um, I wouldn't even like, I don't know if you've done a 14 day eviction, but like I'd bypass all of that and just go straight to filing with the Oh yeah, don't do a RTDRS. 14 day eviction. Yeah. That's the other reason why we'd never use that document is because we always go straight, straight to, to RTDRS. Yeah. You don't have to give the 14 day notice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. I feel like there was another thing that I was going to address and, and Obi, if you're still, if you're still here. Um, yeah, he just posted his question oh, okay. or I don't know if it's the question he was asking you about, but. Uh, he asked about our flip. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Hi, Wayne and Gabby. Obi here. Just one question about your latest townhome. I understand no two projects are the same, but can you give a ballpark of how much it cost you for rentals and what profit margin do you usually aim for when flipping townhomes in Edmonton? Well. It depends. <laughs> it's a tough question. Um, if you're doing a quick and easy in and out flip um are you hiring a contractor are you doing the work yourself (laughs) um if you're hiring a contractor if you're hiring our our contractor just a little bit cheaper um you can do it for 25 to thirty thousand dollars in and out real fast um we're not and in and out does means like not high end like not changing out everything flooring paint yeah maybe kitchen yeah a little bit of bathroom so if the townhouse is already in decent condition, it's not a dump. It's yeah. 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 Um, this most recent one, and I don't know if you're coming to the to the open house meetup on, on Sunday. This most recent one we went above and beyond. Um You might say overboard. Yes. Well we <laughs> well we wanted to do a little bit more and we had a budget in mind, but the the labor got out of hand. Now that's this is this is our own individual thing. Um because we pay our contractor hourly and we increase the scope dramatically, adding all these cool things in. We guesstimated what the hours are going to be. And then whenever you add in new things, it's always like, well, yeah, but you know how you told me to trim that wall over there, that ended up taking two days. And you know what I mean? Just all those little bit of hours, little bit of hours ended up increasing and, and we went like 200 hours over or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, we realized that early on in the project and then we just decided to stick with it. Um, so we're not making as much profit on this one, but I think we went somewhere like in the 60,000 range. It was, and of course we had to replace the hot water tank and the furnace as well. And just mm-hmm. a bunch of different things. And we added new feature walls in, which was way more expensive than we thought. So, yeah. And there's things like, are you finishing the basement? Or are you not like yeah. those types of things as well? will dramatically, cause a, a finishing a basement can be like 
10K. We were quoted on the basement yeah. and, and it ended up being more quoted, quoted on the hours and it ended up being more. Yeah. So this one was a bit of a lesson for us. So don't use that as an example, but it was, it was around 60,000. So, yeah. um, for a townhouse flip, I had this discussion, uh, how much profit, uh, you know, I think what's the profit margin was the question. I've had this conversation a lot recently with people because they're seeing that we're doing townhouse flips and a few people are interested in doing, um, flips and, and burrs on townhouses. Um, as far as the profit margin goes, there, there's no rules. That's what I told the, the people that I was on coaching calls with. There's no rules. There's no law for how much margin you should have um, or how much profit you should get for a flip, whether it be townhouse or single family home. There's no governing body that says it has to be this minimum. Sometimes you might, you know, buy some book that someone, you know, put out and, and this is what the there's percentage. There's a hard and fast percentage rule. Yeah. You know, here's, here's the, you know, rule of thumb for this. And sure, you can go by that. And, you know, if you want to, there's not many flipping educators, maybe like Blackheart at a Winnipeg, you know, might go with their information. They probably have some sort of a percentage, you know, based off the after repaired value, 70% of whichever. Um you can go with those if you want, but it's entirely up to you and your, your how much risk you want to take on and how much money you want to make off of the money you have invested and how much money you want to make off the time that you have invested. For us, for townhouses here, this is very specific. The strategy we're using is very specific, a type of townhouse and a type of area. We're buying it for a certain price and we know what the the price is going to be afterwards. So for our 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 spread, it's it's on average about $20,000, but this is like fast, easy in and out renovations. Um, this is what I'm looking for specifically for what we're trying to do, Gabby and I, um, what you do and the profit that you're looking for is entirely up to you. Um, but for us, our strategy, it's, there's a lot more things to consider that we don't talk about on the podcast and why we're doing it. Um, so the, the profit is, is reasonable enough for us. Now, it might not be reasonable enough for you, but 20000 is a safe enough for us that we know that even if I have to sell it for $10,000 less, which on a $200,000 townhouse, if you have to drop it to one ninety, you know, if you have to drop it by 5% is actually quite a bit yeah. on, you know, on that scale. Um, I'm still going to make ten <laughs> I'm not really involved in this. And, and that money was pretty much just sitting there doing nothing anyways for us. Yeah. Does that answer? I, I don't want to say $20,000 because that's our number. And that's our number based on a bunch of different factors that don't apply to you. Yeah. Um, for single family homes, same thing. It's, it's, it's really hard to, um, to say, you know, some people, they want to see a minimum $75,000 profit. Well, what market are you in? Mm-hmm. Some markets that that can work for our market. That's actually a little more difficult. And townhouse prices can prices, uh, quality and, now? and yeah. areas can also, um, the, like the price ranges can be a dramatic difference. So the areas and the types that we're looking at, we're trying to get for a certain price. But if you're looking in a different area or a different type of townhouse, those will, those can be a totally different price range. Yeah. So yeah, it's really hard to, to say. Well, I can talk about this, this specific property type that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to get it for less than, if you're flipping, you want to get it less than $130,000. Um, and then... You want to make sure that it has an after repaired value of more than 200. So you want to see about a $70,000 spread there. So that if, let me pull up my calculator here because it's a little early. If you spend $40,000 on your renovation, so you're into it for 170 and you sell it for 200 and you pay realtor fees of just in closing costs of just around 10,000, there's your $20,000 profit. Does that make sense? Um, you start going over budget obviously your profits can be um, affected. If you have to sell for less, obviously your, your profits can be affected. But um, for a five to six week renovation, like turnaround time, it's, it's quite reasonable for me to be able to just, you know, find these properties real fast, get my guy in, you know, replace the kitchen, bathroom, flooring, painting, baseboards, in and out five weeks, and then put it up on the market and sell it pretty quick because it's an entry level price point. For like new first time new home buyers, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Um, that's fine. If this were a five month renovation, you know, and I had a lot more money involved, and it was a higher like you know we're talking about a much higher end renovation where more of my cash is involved, then yeah, I'm gonna want a better return. 
if I were doing the renovations, yeah, I'd probably want a better return on my time. Mm-hmm. Right. So for us, that's, that's, that's the example that we're currently using. That's the, the numbers that we're currently using. Single family homes, I'd probably in, in Edmonton right now, I'd, I'd want to see about $50,000 profit minimum. Because again, it's, we're not talking about a $130,000 townhouse. We're talking about buying a $300,000 house, which is, you know, almost um, two and a half times more in, in, in value, more money involved, longer renovation time. I think I want to see two and a half times more, which is exactly perfect math right there. Wow. Two and a half times more profit, which 20,000 times two and a half is 50,000. Wow. I did not plan that. Anyways, that's, so that's my thought process. Um, you know, feel free to go and Google how to calculate, you know, profit percentage on flips. And there's some sort of a calculation I can, I can never remember what it is, but like, you're going to do the math depending on which city you're in and what market you're in. And you're going to be like, holy shit, I have to buy this house for $90,000 and sell it for $500,000. And you're going to be like, I, I can't buy any houses in my market for $90,000. And you're going to be like, now you're going to understand why what I'm talking about is because like the numbers are ridiculous. Unless you're buying in some like small town US, you know, where you can buy houses for penny on the pennies on the dollar mm-hmm. because the mill closed. Um, it's, 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 it's very hard to meet those, um, meet the, those formulas. Yeah. Um, Tony asks, what is a typical hourly rate for a contractor? It's a pretty big spread there. 60, 65. Yeah. You depending can... on, depending on how much they know and how much they're doing, um, 60 to 65 dollars an hour. Yeah. You can find like, you can go on Kijiji and find people who will work for, you know, 40 or 50, but like, just be very careful of, you know. Are they insured? How much experience do they have? What kind of finishing work do they do? Mm, well, that's always the the question is, um, you know, they're great. They're fast. You know, they'll get in and uh, and start working. And you're like, wow, these guys are moving so fast. But just wait until the last <laughs> five to 10 days. And that's when you're going to determine how good their finishing work is. And you start noticing little stuff because you don't notice it to the end of the project. When they start, they do the final coat of paint or they, you know, they, the final little bit of grouting Tiling, or yeah. pile. Yeah. It's, um, that's you know, when you're like, what the Schluter the work, <laughs> um, you start noticing and then you're like, wait a second, are you going to fix that? And they're like, what do you mean fix it? And then suddenly, you know, you've already, they've already done all, you know, four weeks of the work. And in the last couple of days, you start to notice that, oh shit, yeah, their finishing work is garbage. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference between 40 and 60. Um, thankfully we have a really great relationship with our contractor and, um, and he does a, we keep him busy. So, yeah, um, we're able to get it in the forties. And he's an, uh, older guy. Like he's, he's not like a young buck building a business. He's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Annette asked, yeah. can you give a ballpark uh, spread for a single family home flip? Yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, if you're going to buy a house for 300,000, um, or in a low three hundreds and it's going to be worth $500,000 afterwards. And your renovation is going to be a hundred, 110 plus holding costs. You're probably into it for four thirty, right? Um, you're selling it for 500,000. So that means that it's going to be, give me a second, I need some math here. Good luck today, Mike, if you're heading out. He just said, thank you. Oh, okay. Um, realtor fees would be 12. Plus seven is about nineteen thousand dollars plus closing costs. So realtor fees, closing costs, you're probably at twenty to twenty-five thousand. Let's say twenty-five thousand. Um, you know, you're into it for four thirty. You're selling it for five hundred. Yeah, it's you're making about a fifty thousand dollars spread there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can save a little bit of money on your innovations. You know, you can you can buy in bulk. Um, yeah, I'd say about fifty thousand, just based based on our market. I'd say anyone new to flipping is not going to save on renovations. No, always expect to spend more than you had anticipated. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. You might get lucky, but yeah. Um, Christine asks, "What kind of insurance do you carry on flips?" Don't ask me. 
Um, I have no idea. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) so there is um, lots of companies who will do flip insurance. Um, It can be very expensive. Lots of um, stuff that I'm hearing these days is that um, lots of people are being turned down for flip insurance based on their property and um, specific things within it that insurance companies don't like to see. So um, it, it can be hard to find flip insurance uh, without spending ridiculous amounts of money on it. Um, for ours, for the projects that we've uh, just completed, I've been upfront with our um, insurance broker just stating that um, we have a couple potential exit strategies. One is selling it, one is refinancing it and renting it. And, um, you know, depends when we finish, where the market's at, and what our numbers are looking like. And um, he's just always given us, um, I believe, pretty standard policies for investors. And um, he checks in um, after a couple months just to stay, say, um, is your renovation complete? Uh, do you know, you know, mm-hmm. what, what you're going to be doing with it, that type of thing? So uh, we might have just a, I don't know if it's a special relationship or if um, just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's typical or not. So yeah, I can't I can't give you a straight answer because that's just uh, my experience. Um, in a renovation that we were flipping several years ago, it was tough to find flip insurance on it. Uh, we were adding a secondary suite and um, and renovating it to sell, and it was tough. And we spent a lot of money on insurance, and I can't for the life of me remember who we ended up going through. But it was like jumping through hoops, filling out all these applications, and doing all these things that they needed, and yeah. Okay. So sorry for the runaround answer there. <laughs> Do you have any where you can guide them or a direction that you can point them? Okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know who those, who those flip companies are, so it's hard to say. Do some research, post in some of the landlord groups probably. People will have some good advice for you. Can we refer? No? Okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, definitely. And, and then uh, I'd reach out to a flipper in your area um, and ask. Um, or there's so many great Facebook groups. Um, OB asks, uh, even when the numbers make sense on flipping townhomes, uh, what are the top three things you look for in the condo doc review? That's another great question. Okay. Um, let me write them down cause I'll start talking and then I'll freak out the other two. <laughs> you want to sing or something while I'm writing this down? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> What's number one? Uh, reserve fund. Yes. Okay. Reserve fund based on number of units. <clears throat> I have a process. And, and Obi, if you're coming to our open house on Sunday, you know, I'll probably go into, into detail on that, on the process. And not necessarily Condodoc review, because Condodoc review is last. Um, first thing I'm looking for is how much are the condo fees? That's going to be when I'm flipping, this is flipping, not burrs, everyone. When I'm flipping, I want to see that the condo fees are attractive to a home buyer. So I'm buying this thing, I'm doing a quick renovation and I'm putting it back on the market. I want to know that a home buyer is going to love the renovation, it's going to love the, the appeal of it, the curb appeal. And lastly, that when their realtor and their mom and their dad and their uncle and, and their wife the husband all look at the condo docs. I want to know that they're not going to be like, Oh, well, yeah, you shouldn't do it because this, right? So, um, with townhouse flipping, the biggest deal killer is the condo docs. So first things I want first thing I want to look at is where's the condo fees. So for Edmonton, I want to see it under ideally under $350 a month. Um, but, uh, most, home buyers will, when they set up their search criteria with their realtor, the max they'll put normally is 400, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't want to have a condo that's over 400 <laughs> because they probably won't even find you in their realtor search, right? Cause they're, they're setting up townhouses. I want to looking for townhouses under $200,000 with condo fees under 400. They're not even going to be sent your listing. So I want to make sure that it's in the 300s. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the pictures or I'm going to go drive down to this, this property and I'm looking at all the exterior stuff that needs to be done because this is all the stuff that there was, the condo is responsible for. The roof, the siding, the gutters, the fence, 
the windows, the doors, the parking lot. Did I miss anything? And the sewers. You can't see the sewers. Did you say landscaping? Landscaping. That's another good one. All of these items, where are they at? What are the conditions right now? So make a list of the items that need to be fixed in the near future. Or if there's nothing, then fantastic. Um, and then take that into consideration. Then when you pull up the conjure docs, you want to look at the meetings or the yearly meeting minutes and see what is proposed in the near future. Yeah, actually read through those. <laughs> right. So every month they'll have a meeting and in the, in the minutes they'll talk about what's currently being talked about, what's being proposed, right? Um, in the estoppel certificate, they'll talk about what has been proposed or, you know. Approved. Approved, yeah. right, for the near future. Um, but you want to see, you know, based on the items that are outside that need to be repaired, you know, what have they talked about and and what's getting repaired in the near future? Because these are the things that the home buyer is going to see when they go to sell it. Uh, next, what you want to look at is you want to look at the reserve fund study. Um, if they did one recently, they, they, I think it might be a requirement. I'm not hundred percent sure, but, um, from time to time, uh, a condo board will do, will hire a company to do a study on the reserve fund and that company will come out and they'll look at the roof, the gutters, the fence, the siding. The a well-managed condominium will do that. Yes. And I think we figured out, uh, several weeks back on how often that's supposed to be. I don't remember now though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there is five a requirement. Years, yeah, yeah there is a requirement every five years to get a reserve fund study done. Um, and they're going to check on the life of the the windows, the, the roof and the gutters and everything else that I said in deciding. Um, and they'll, they'll make their recommendations. You know, the roof is approximately this year's old and these two buildings here, um, you know, have some indications that it's going to be needed need to be repaired within the next two years. However, the remainder of the buildings can be done within the next 10 years. Therefore, we recommend, and all these things considered, the windows have another five years left. You know, the, the parking lot needs to be redone in 10 years. Based on all of our findings, we recommend a, a schedule of, of condo fee increases as follows. And they'll say 2022, we want to increase it from 300 to 310. 2023, we want to increase it from three, whatever, 10 to 315. And they will make their recommendations so that that way, based off of your reserve fund today, we recommend increasing your condo fees as follows to ensure that there is enough money in the reserve fund to cover these repairs and any maintenance that may come up in, in between. So you want to make sure that they've done a reserve fund study. You want to make sure that they're following mm -hmm. the reserve fund uh, study recommendations. Um, and lastly, I mean, like you're going to look and see that like if you're all, your, your prospective home buyer, your target home buyer is going to be buying this after you renovate it. Are they going to look at that and see, well, oh, the condo fee is going to be over $400 in three years. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into this because it's too much. Or they're going to be doing all these renovations and the whole place is going to be a construction zone. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Think of it like you're a home buyer. And when you're going to the condo docs, just, just consider it that way, right? Um, the most recent one we did, um, this townhouse, we're holding an open house at on Sunday. Um, everything on the exterior is done. Everything. Literally everything. It looks fantastic. The landscaping is great. And the reserve fund is in good order. The condo fees are low 300s. That's perfect for me. So I'm, as long as I'm able to get it at the price I want and it's going to be worth the, the, you know, what I, the value that I want it to be when I'm done renovating it, that was a perfect renovation mm -hmm. um, flip because it's a no brainer for any home buyer that's interested when they do their own diligence later on. So, yeah. Um, and an example um, of, of going through that reserve fund study is on the last one that we flipped, um, like we could clearly see, like you look at the roof and it's brand new. Like you can, yeah. you can see that, that it's been like done very recently. And then you look in the reserve fund study and it says, you know, the roof is in, um, you know, such and such condition. The reserve fund study was a few years old and we recommend it be done by um, such and such date by like summer of uh, 2020. And so the the potential buyers um came back and said um can you confirm whether the roof was replaced and we're like yeah look at it <laughs> like, yeah. but sure they want like um for their assurances so and this was um I, I can't remember who it was before or after they received the condo docs but like i just like went into the reserve fund study confirmed they said it should be done by summer of 2020 then i went into the meeting minutes 
found the summer of 2020 meeting minutes, confirmed that they had them on site replacing the um, roof, sent them both of those documents confirming, yes, it was yeah. replaced summer of 2020. And boom, there you go. So yeah, it it gives you all this all the stuff you need to assure sellers that things are being taken care of and that they're buyers. it's a well or the buyers and that it's a well run condominium. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they they do go through it right yeah. when you're buying your home and you're thinking about living there for the next ten to twenty years. They will go through those things and maybe you won't. You'll be focused so much on the numbers and um, but just consider just put that pretend that you're a buyer, a home buyer, right? And and what are the things you're going to be looking for? So. Yeah, that's that's what I look for in the condo docs as well. Just in the meeting minutes, just make sure that it just looks like, you know, it's 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 professional. Yeah. Um, and if you want to go the extra mile, you can hire um, companies to um, dissect review. the review, the condo docs and look at them as if, you know, as if they're about to invest in it and they'll give you like all of their recommendations and stuff. And some buyers will do that. Realtors will, or yeah, realtors will recommend companies that do it. And um, so, yeah, that's something to consider. That can make or break your your deal when you're selling. If you haven't reviewed them well enough and then somebody goes in, your buyer goes in and and hires somebody Mm -hmm. and finds this, 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 and this, then yeah. Yeah. Um, Hopefully that answers your question. Um, We got on a lot of great topics today. Um, Yeah. Oh, wow. I haven't even given you the wrap up. Wrap it up. You must have been having fun. (laughs) Okay, everybody. We will see you tomorrow morning on Tuesday. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.